1 Corinthians this morning, chapter 11. Uh, I lived a lot of my life in Indianapolis, Indiana, even though I've been all up and down the Midwest. And this weekend, always for me as a child, spending most of my life in Indianapolis, Indiana, or nearabouts there, it was all about the greatest spectacle in racing every year. That's all we did was tune in to the Indianapolis 500 race on the radio, and we cooked a bunch of food on the grill, and family members came around, and we had a good old time, and it was the way we did it, and that's what Memorial Day weekend was for me as a child and as a young person, and as I got older, I started realizing that it's intended to be much more than that, right? It's not about race cars and cookouts and vacations. Nothing wrong with those things, but it's really about something else. So I want to start off this morning, and this is part of, part of the message, so just kind of soak it all in and let the Lord do what he wants with it in your hearts, hopefully. Uh, this is what I do every, every Memorial Weekend Sunday, because I think it's important for us to remember some things. And I do believe that many people take moments of remembrance, but I just want to be of some assistance. I'm going to go down uh, the list here of the best I can find information <coughs> where it tells us or reminds us the amount of people who died in the wars that this country have been involved in. And I'm pretty sure I haven't found the exhaustive list, but I'm, it's enough of us for us to be reminded of what we're doing here in, uh, this weekend. The American Civil War was the most costly at 625,000. World War II, 405,399 dead. World War I, 1, uh, 116,516 dead. Vietnam War, 58,209 lost. <coughs> the Korean War, 36,516 died. American Revolutionary War, 25,000 people died. The War of 1812, 15,000. Uh, War, 13,283. And the War on Terror, which is still going on today, 6,717 and counting. And in the Philippine and American War, we lost 4,196 people. That's the short list. <coughs> It's over a million if you add it up, right? And my lifetime, my generation, uh, it, it was difficult because I was born just after the Vietnam situation. And it wasn't until I was a young man trying to get into the military that Desert Storm happened. So I spent most of my young life not understanding what war is about. And my generation the same. The generations before me know all too well, especially those who were left behind. You see, it's not just the ones who lost their life. They had family who sacrificed. Sacrifice is what this weekend is about, isn't it? Memorial Day weekend. Really the day, Memorial Day, is supposed to be a day set aside to remember the sacrifice. 
sacrifice for the freedoms that we have, for the blessings that God has provided for us. And most of us, at least in this room and maybe most in this country, I dare say, are only blessed in this way because we happen to be born here. Others decided to come here and, uh, and, and brought their citizenship into this country and they reaped the benefits of these deaths also. The sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice that was mentioned just moments ago. And as I was preparing this message, I was thinking about the, the series of messages that we've been uh, working through as learning and reminding ourselves what a Christian is. And I thought maybe I would have to say to you, we're going to have to take a break from that message series and talk about this because it's time to talk about this. And as I worked through the, the message and prepared myself and, and the words, I realized that this isn't a break at all from what a Christian is. Because a Christian is one who remembers. A Christian is one who not only remembers sacrifice, but chooses to participate in that sacrifice. So this is a continuation of our series of, of messages, of, of sermons about what is a Christian? What does the scripture teach us about what it means to be a Christian, a genuine Christian, not a Christian that the world wants to build or create? The Christians that God intended for us to be, the Christians, the believers that Jesus died for us to be, the ultimate sacrifice. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 34 together, and we, we'll talk about this. Uh, we're going to talk about communion this morning. It's already been talked about, but we're going to talk about it again. Because it has everything to do with what Memorial Day is all about. Because a lot of people like to think that Memorial Day is remembering the soldiers that died for the freedoms that, that Americans live with. And that's very true. And it, it is what Memorial Day is supposed to be about. But for the believer... Every day is about remembering. Wouldn't you agree? I hope you would. So let me read a little bit in, uh, in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, about some teaching uh, where Paul was trying to correct the believers in how they were existing together and how they were living together and worshiping together. There were some problems that they had, they had forgotten who they were. They had forgotten what it was about. They had forgotten about Jesus. So he's trying to correct and remind them. Verse 23, we'll start in verse 23 of chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he gave thanks, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said... This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after uh, supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is uh, the new covenant in my, in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Verse 27 Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner 
will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. Verse 30 says, This is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But, verse 31, if, if, we, if we judge ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. And finally, in verse 33 and 34, So then, my brothers, when you come to gather to eat, wait for each other. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home, so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give you further instructions. So the tail end of that particular part of Scripture uh, helps us understand that that some of the problems were the, the, the church in Corinth were coming together and they were separating themselves by class. There were some. It's a it's a pick it's a it's a pitch in it's a it's a it's a pig picking is what's going on. Every time they got together, whoever had food brought food, and whoever didn't have food didn't bring any food, but they didn't share with those who didn't have. That's kind of sort of it's like it's like okay, we you we can all be believers, but what's mine is mine, and what's yours is is yours. And sorry about your luck if you don't have kind of mentality and it doesn't agree with what we read about the beginning of our church of our of the body of christ in acts chapter 2 where it says all the believers had everything in common and no one had a need and they had forgotten about jesus they had forgotten about his sacrifice they had forgotten that they all had need that only jesus could take take care of or deal with and through his death burial and resurrection he supplied everything that they would ever need. So why on earth would you live any other way than together? Unless you had forgotten what it's all about. Memorial. What is a memorial about? A memorial is simply a way of reminder. When people set up memorials, they're trying to make sure that it's not forgotten. They're trying to do something that it that helps us remember whatever the memorial is about. So here we are in this, in this scripture, and we, let's break it down real quick, and then I'll get back into that thought. <laughs> he says, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. He's setting up a memorial of, of, for what's about to happen. This is what you are to do, and you're to do it so that you won't forget me. It's written right on the front of that table right here in front of me. Not written as carved in there, isn't it? Just about every church that I've ever preached at, with the exception of a few, have something similar to that. Some some churches don't have a table that says that, and it's not wrong. But there, it's there for a reason. It's there so we don't forget. It could be that somebody had a, a bad week. Life has happened. Everybody knows life happens every day, every week, right? And who knows what's going to happen next week if the Lord gives it to us. And how bad it might be or how great it might be. But when we walk in the doors on Sunday morning, it's very easy for us to walk in here and forget what we're here for. We're just showing up to clock in and clock out. 
hopefully, because the communion table is there and because the words are written there, we might glance up here and see, oh, that's what I'm here for. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll take a moment and ponder that and talk to God and, and prepare myself and ask the Lord for help in that. Right? It's important, isn't it? Otherwise, we wouldn't be commanded to remember him. He didn't ask them. He said, do this. Share in this. Fellowship in me. Don't forget who I am and what I've done. Right? And I wonder, I wonder how often, and this is hard to, this is hard to, it's hard to evaluate, and I think it's hard to evaluate because we have a hard time admitting to ourselves if we're lack, if we're slack on this. But I wonder how often in our journey with the Lord and in our life in this world do we actually forget what Jesus has done for us or actually who he is. And I'm not saying, you know, of course, somebody, most of us will sit back and say, well, I don't ever forget about that. There's no way I'll forget about that. And we have to stop. We have to stop that knee-jerk reaction and say to ourselves and ask God, have I been living my life like Jesus died for me? Have I been investing in this uh, life and in this world in a way that benefits the kingdom of God so that others would know that Jesus died on the cross for them too? Or have I forgotten what it's all about? It's part of being a believer. We do this in, in, in remembrance of our Savior. It's necessary to do this. Why is it necessary for the believer to be reminded about something so powerful and so awesome, yet so horrible and, and horrifying to, to look at? This death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior, and that's what it takes for us to be forgiven. Why is it, why is it necessary to be reminded of it? When I was a, when I was a young person, uh, I seem to be using these mid-life years to confess my younger days a lot, but that's, that's, I guess that's what you do when you grow older, you start realizing, <laughs> uh, whoops. <laughs> but I don't, how many times did my parents tell me stuff? Do this, don't forget to do that, don't forget, and it would frustrate the fool out of me, really. Because I felt like you don't need to keep telling me what to do, I'll do it. And then it got to the point, I remember this when I was in high school especially, the more they told me or reminded me what to do, the less I would do it. I know, it's bad. I know. Just forgive me. Y'all forgive me. I'm past, I think I'm past that. <laughs> but I didn't want to be reminded because I didn't feel like I would forget. Obviously, my behavior showed them otherwise. <laughs> right? And then every now and then, I can remember times when I would get mad because they kept reminding me, and then I would actually forget. And then I would have to show up and say, oh, I forgot, and they were right, and I hated for them to be right. <laughs> you guys, have, some of y'all been down that road. Reminders are for our own good, y'all. Just because you're saved by the blood of Christ, just because you've heard the gospel and you believed, just because you've repented, just because you've been baptized, just because you've confessed Christ, you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit, doesn't mean you don't need to be reminded. Because we have an enemy, 
who tries to get you to forget. He'll do anything and everything to get you to forget, so you'll deny him. And our worst enemy is self. Because our own evil desires, our own wickedness, and our own heart will cause us to look at something else as more important than our Savior's death and what it means. And his death, burial, and resurrection is the most important thing in our life. For the life of me, as 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 a Christian brother and as a preacher, I cannot understand how can something else in this life be more important than Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. I can't can't get my mind wrapped around it. And at the same time, as a person, just like y'all, I find myself from time to time having to get with God and repent because something came more important in that moment. That's what sin is, y'all. Something else is more important than our Savior when we sin. It's our decision. I know that Jesus is Lord. I know he died on the cross so I could be forgiven. I know he resurrected, makes him, he make, makes him Lord and Savior and makes him the Christ. But I want this right here right now, even though I know it offends God. So I want something else more. Something else is more important than the one who died for me in that moment. That's why repentance is so valuable and important. But that's why a reminder is necessary. If we don't come to worship together or we don't come to fellowship with God on a regular basis and we don't share in this relationship with the Spirit of God and it, that doesn't bring us to our knees in repentance and, 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 and confession, then we're forgetting what we need to remember. And I'm praying to the Lord that this doesn't knock you down and bury you in the ground. I'm praying that it would actually lift you up and encourage you and get the fire ignited again in your heart for the Lord. Maybe the Lord would help you reprioritize some things in our life. Making, Making him the most important thing. We're not just swallowing a shot of juice and eating a cracker every Sunday because that's what we do on Sunday morning as a ritual. If that's all it is to you, then you're in trouble. If that's all it means, then you have forgotten. And you need to be reminded. And I pray that you would remember him. And it's a choice that you have to make. So whenever we take this uh, bread in this cup, whenever we sit down, however that would look, and whatever place you're worshiping in, or even in your own home, when you share in communion with other believers, whatever the emblems are, whenever you do this, right, you're remembering. You're helping each other remember. There's churches in in, in this world today, some of them even just like this church, they believe what we believe or they say they believe what we believe and they uh, have come from the same background as far as teaching goes. But for some reason or another, they've taken communion, the communion time and either stopped doing it all together or they've put it in some other room and then just say to people, 
you can go in the other room if you want to have communion before you leave. And I've, the only conclusion I'm coming to in, in, in why this is happening is because they've forgotten the importance of it. They've forgotten that that's what we're all about. And they're saying we don't want to offend the visitors by making them uncomfortable or making them think that we're some weird people doing some ritual that makes them feel like we're crazy or something. I don't know what the reasons are, but when we put Jesus in the closet and what he did for us, it's wrong. It's just wrong. If someone, if someone were to come to the memorial marker for one of your loved ones and remove it from its location and put it in a closet somewhere, would you not be offended? The same thing happens when we refuse to come to the table together. When we refuse to come together as the, uh, the body of Christ, as brothers and sisters, and we just it's not important enough for us to drop everything and come together and remember him, then we've done the same thing. Have we not? We've taken the important thing about our Savior, his, his death, his resurrection, and everything in between, and we've just shoved it in the dark corner of our heart. It's just not important. We'll, just, we'll partake in that when it's convenient. That's where some of the church is today. This, that's why this church, we have communion every Sunday. That's why we do it. It's the most important thing. Because I can preach a sermon all day long. We can say prayers all day long. We can sing songs all day long. And they're all important. But if we reject our Savior and his sacrifice, it all means nothing. Right? Aren't, aren't you glad we have a Savior that was willing to die for us? Because without that death, there's no hope, y'all. We might as well go hang out with the rest of the people that ain't coming to church on Sunday. Because there's no hope. It's that important. It's so important that I think that believers who, for whatever reasons, whether they're traveling sick or otherwise, cannot get together with other believers, they ought to at least pause and share in communion with their families or whoever they're with. That's how important I believe it is. Right? Acts chapter 20 shows us what the church did in the beginning. On the first day of the week, they came together and they broke bread. That's what we try to do. So why? Why do we do this? You recognize those numbers? 1,305,836. That's the total of what I said earlier about the deaths in the military of our United States of America. That's not, I don't think that's an exact number. I think it's a close number of how many recorded deaths there have been so that you and I can live the way we live in this part of this world. The sacrifice that people made. And many of those people didn't sign up. They were drafted for that. And we're not even counting POWs and MIAs. It's a lot of people, isn't it? 
It's a lot of people. And those of you who have experienced loss in your life, uh, family, friends, or loved ones, you understand what losing one person feels like. We're talking about 1,305,836. And it's, it's tempting to try to disassociate what we remember on Memorial Day with what Jesus did on the cross. It's two different things to memorialize. And maybe you're right in that argument. However, the freedoms that we live in in this country come from God. So we have to honor these people, don't we? We have to remember these people because here's what happens when we don't remember. We lose what they died for. If we don't remember, then our children and our grandchildren grow up and don't even know about it. And it'll all be gone and it'll all be for nothing. What does it have to do with Jesus and his death? The one? The one death that's up there? Because we are people, and if we're not reminded, we will forget. And if we just neglect the death of our Savior, his sacrifice and everything that it means to us, we will surely forget it. And if we forget it, we won't teach it. If we don't teach it, they won't know about it. And generation after generation, no one will remember. And people will be lost. Right? So, so as we're talking about Memorial Day, let me just share this with you. I was going to say when I got up, this might be quick. But I've said that like two or three times throughout my preaching ministry, and it just never is. So <laughs> I try not to. Why, so why do we call this Memorial Day? I mean, what is it? I mean, how does this happen? You guys probably know this already. It was first widely observed on the 30th of May, 1868. It was originally known as what? Decoration. Thank you. Decoration. I knew somebody would know, and I figured most of you already knew that, but one of them was faster. <laughs> so, uh, Decoration Day, because the, the people decided, the nation decided that they were going to set aside a day to honor the nation's uh, Civil War soldiers that died, and they were going to decorate their graves. It was, a, it was a time of remembering a memorial time. They didn't want to forget, because they didn't want it to happen again. After World War II, Observances also began to honor those who had died in all of America's wars. And in 1971, Congress declared Memorial Day a national holiday. That was, that was our government, the government of this country, making an effort to help the nation remember how we got where we are and what sacrifices were made. They felt it to be important to, re, to remind the people on a regular basis, right? That's what it's supposed to be all about. That's what it's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about a time we remember the sacrifice and we honor the, those who sacrificed. Now, what do people usually do on Memorial Day weekend? 
anything, anything and everything. It's vacation time. Go have fun. Hang out at the beach. Cook out. Go to the racetrack. All that kind of stuff. Take a nap. I take a nap. And I'm, I'm going to stand up here and say that there is nothing at all, absolutely nothing wrong with any of those things. I don't even, I don't think they're, that, I don't think they're disgraceful. I don't think that they dishonor, right? Because those people died so that we could enjoy life, that we could live free. They gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we could do those things. However, if we don't ever pause and reflect, and think about and acknowledge then we dishonor then we've forgotten then it doesn't mean anything and just as if that happens on a memorial day weekend with those who those millions who have died for our freedom if we do the same thing to Jesus it has the same effect There's a few people in the world, there's a lot, there's probably, there's many people in, the, in this world that try to remember. They, they have ceremonies at different uh, cemeteries, uh, uh, military cemeteries and different churches and different places. They, 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 they attempt to remember these sacrifices and thank God for them, which is great. And I think you should participate in whatever it is you would like to, to participate into making that happen. But you don't have to, you can have your own little moment. We don't need to feel guilty for doing for living life. We just need to stop and remember. And this whole message this morning is me reminding you. And I pray that you don't need reminding, but I'm reminding you anyway, just in case. Because I need reminding just like anybody else. This kind of thing here, y'all, can happen to the church, to the gospel. This can happen. We can forget our Savior. We can even be we could, we could even be wearing a cross around our neck and forget about it. We got a big cross on the front of our building, but we can still forget if we're not careful, if we're not heeding the reminders. If we're studying our scripture like a good disciple would do, a believer would do, we would certainly be reminded. It's, it's all over the Bible, it's all over Scripture. If you're engaging in fruit bearing for the kingdom and witnessing to your friends and neighbors and praying for them, you're going to get some kickback. You're going to get some friction because people don't want to believe that Jesus died for them. Because if you believe that Jesus died for you, then you have to admit you needed that as a sinner. You see, sometimes we don't remember because we don't want to look at it. I just want to forget about it. I just want to, I want to dismiss it as not happen. It didn't happen. I'll tell you another something else that happened to me when I was in shop class in high school. I was goofing around as usual. And I, I have, I, do, I still feel bad about this. We had a, a, a metal file that had a wooden handle on it. And I was practicing my baseball swing with that thing. Like an, a complete idiot. And I'm standing there holding the handle and the, and, the, and the metal end of that thing flew across the room and hit this girl on the side of the head. And I spent a lot of time trying to act like that didn't happen. 
it didn't hurt her real bad, but it hurt her. And I felt so bad about that that I was trying to ignore that I did something stupid like that. And people look at the cross and they look at the death of Christ and they hear that that all happened because we've offended God and we try to do the same thing. We try to say, I don't want to see that. I don't want to believe that that's true. And we try to forget. And the, and the only way you're going to be able to ignore the truth about Jesus is to stay away. Don't come in here and look at it every Sunday morning. Don't open your Bible and read it every time you look at it. Don't listen to your Christian neighbors who are living as if somebody died for them. Stay away from those people because you don't want to remember the truth. You don't want to see the cross. You don't want to see the blood that was shed, the horrific treatment of the one who died because we offended God. And, and it's easy for us believers, those of us who are saved, those of us who uh, know about Jesus and who read our Bibles, it's easy for us to sit back and say, yep, so-and-so, this is true about so-and-so, that's why they don't come to church. But I would encourage you, as the scripture told us, examine yourself. Did I go too far? Examine yourself first. When you have communion, when you come together with the body of Christ, when we're here as a family, as a church family, and we, ha we share in communion like we just did, that's the moment God is calling you to examine yourself. Why am I doing Every time we get communion, we say to ourselves, why am I doing this? And for me personally, almost every Sunday, it's a different answer. It's the same answer in general, but it's a different answer because there's different things I need to talk to the Lord about before I partake in something such as that. It's so precious and holy. That moment when I come before God, totally remembering all about his death, burial, and resurrection. I'm not just remembering that he died on the cross and that it was bad and that he was raised again from the dead and I get to be saved because I got I confessed and I'm baptized and I have the Spirit of God. No, I, I have to remember that everything I did last week up until now is why I have to share in his shed blood. And if I don't repent, I'm putting judgment on myself. I don't remember every day what Jesus did then I will surely fail and I will be lost I have to examine myself and it's hard to be honest with yourself and if you deny that fact you're not being honest with yourself right now oh I can be honest with myself no you can't that's why you sin it's hard. That's why we ask God, open the eyes of my heart. Look at the deepest corner of my blackest heart and tell me what I need to do to be different. Help me change. And we will say that prayer every day of our lives as believers if we remember Jesus. But the moment we forget Jesus we don't talk to God that way. 
We don't see a need to talk to God that way. Because I got my salvation right here in my wallet, and I can show it to you anytime. And I'm going about my life. And I don't need to do anything else. And I'm saying that's, that's a fool's idea of Christianity. If we really understood Jesus' death, his shed blood, his broken body, I feel like we should have this great desire in our heart to share in communion every day. I can't live a day without communion. Because of what was necessary to save my soul. The, the one sacrifice that could ever save you and me was given by God because he loves us. How dare we forget that? How dare we live a life like God owes us anything? We cannot come, we cannot come and partake in communion as sinners that are unrepentant sinners. It's a slap in the face of our Savior. We cannot come and, ch and share in communion without remembering what our Savior did. Here's the, here's the last part. Yeah, this is the last part. Communion, partaking in communion, sharing in it with one another, when we do that, it's part of the Christian witness. And if we try to hide it or do it in secret or, or think it's a private thing, we've totally missed what Jesus was teaching. When people come and visit our church on Sunday morning, there's, there's a little bit of nervousness for them because we're passing around communion tray. And everybody here knows what to do, who's believers, but the visitor may not. And they're like, what do I do? Should I take it? Should I not take it? What's going on? How, what, wait, they're looking around. They're trying to do what everybody else is doing. It's because they don't know. Maybe they're not believers. Or maybe they have been at a church where they don't observe communion on a regular basis. It's our responsibility to help them see something different. See the importance of this. It's our responsibility to show people what we believe in this way. Why are you doing that? Why do you have communion every Sunday? The quick answer is because we don't want to forget. We never want to forget. We're commanded to remember. And I would say we're even commanded to do whatever it takes to remember. There's many people that are traveling this weekend and doing whatever they're doing. And we pray that they stay safe. And we pray that God would bless them in certain ways and that they would return to our fellowship and we continue on together. But I also pray that they wouldn't forget while they're gone, wherever they are and whatever they're doing. Don't, don't forget, y'all. That's it. That's today's message. Don't forget. Stop acting like no one died for you. As American citizens, there's plenty who have died for us. And there will be plenty more. 
as long as this world keeps going around the sun. Am I right? So we pray about those things. And we live like somebody died for us. And we fight for the freedoms that have been given to us because they're blessings from God. But if we forget the one most important who died for us, then none of, none of the rest of it matters. Then just go live your life however you want because nothing matters if you forget. But God loves you too much not to remind you. God loves you too much not to send me or some other believer into your life and hound you about it and beg you to remember plead with you. Don't forget. The most frustrating thing about believers who are forgetting is they're never around to hear the reminder. And if we don't go out there and do reminding, then they'll never remember. And then they'll just dismiss. And it's easy for those of us who are just sitting back, failing to remind people to find out, you know what, we're on that same slope. Oh, I, I'm one that remembers. But maybe next week or next month or next year, I might not be. If, I don't, if I'm not busy reminding people, then I'm probably going to forget. I can't remind you of what I've forgotten. And the best way I know to remember something is I talk about it. Yeah? read through the Bible. Why is Paul and Peter and John and all the rest of them, why do they keep preaching the gospel to the same people? Everywhere they go, they're preaching the same gospel to the same people. Because we forget. Praise God that he doesn't forget us. You ever felt like you got lost in the crowd? Sometimes I, I feel like that a lot. God knows exactly where you are. You're never lost in the crowd with God. Jesus died for you. You specifically. And for everybody else. Everybody's included. His sacrifice was for you. To be saved, you just receive that truth. You repent. You say, I don't want to be an enemy of God anymore. And the Bible tells us that if we repent and we believe that, then we should be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then we just begin our journey of remembering. If that's you today, come down here. Let's stand together and sing.